Red Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. And we have a very special exclusive interview here today on the Owl Chat Podcast. We are joined by one of my personal favorite college basketball players of all time, Mr. Alex a.k.a. Boogie Peterson. Um, For those who don't know, Alex graduated last season after playing three full years for the Owls. In his first season as an Owl, Alex started 23 of the 24 games that he appeared in and would take on the sixth man slash Swiss Army knife role for last season's Ace Sun Championship team that, of course, had the March Madness appearance. Uh, I got to know Alex a little bit last season when I got the chance to document his fascinating uh, journey through college basketball um, in an article we did for the Sentinel. Uh, That article's still up. If y'all just want to do a quick Google search, um, I'll link it in the tweet. But anyway, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. How has it been adjusting to life after college basketball, and what have you been up to since graduation, man? Uh, good talking to you, Kai. That was a great introduction. Uh, probably one of the best I've heard. Um, but thank you. And um, it's good. I appreciate y'all having me on, by the way. But man, I've been adjusting to college basketball life pretty pretty well. Um, I think a lot of things that you do in, in normal life. Um, I think a lot of things I did in my student athlete life it 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 made normal life that much easier. Um, so you know, being on time and you know, actually doing the job every day is something that I've been doing for five years of school and then even before then. So um, the biggest thing I've been doing uh, since I graduated is really just adjusting to uh, being a dad. I had my son um, last December, midway through the season. Um, and that's something you you know you're never ready for. But um, I'm getting better every day, I think. You know, he, he's 10 months now, uh, about to be one in December. So, man, I just, I'm just I've been enjoying that. So what's harder, being a dad or a student athlete under uh, Coach Amir Abdurrahim? <laughs> uh <laughs> that's the toss up but i'm gonna say being a dad <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to think about that a little more i'm not so sure man I've, I've seen your schedules in your study hall so i i don't know but yeah you might be right toss up they can get rough it definitely gets rough that's something people don't realize either you know those amount of amount of stuff you guys go through and you know in the background just to you know get prepared to play not just on the court but you know, off the court. And there's only so many hours in a day waking up early, doing all that, man. I can't even convince myself to get up to go to work. And I work like what, six, seven, eight hours a day. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's, it's definitely tough. And I think uh, I definitely think, uh, like you said, a lot of people don't really um, see everything that, you know, as a student athlete that you got to do on a day to day basis. You know, it's meetings, it's practice, it's, it's film, it's um, it's games. You got to fit in family time. You got to fit in treatment. You got to fit in homework. You got to fit in class. It's a lot. And um, if you don't balance it right, it, it'll definitely uh, it'll definitely get the best of you. What was it like, uh, you know, playing uh, away from home? I guess you're from is it Virginia? And now I guess you're making your home in Atlanta. Uh, yeah. So it well, by the time that I got to Atlanta, um, I was kind of used to uh, being away from home. So um, I graduated high school in 2017, and then I did a year of post-grad in um, North Carolina. And then after that, I spent two years in Missouri um, at junior college. So um, I was pretty adjusted to living life away from home by the time I got to uh, Atlanta. And then being in Atlanta made it <laughs> that much better, I guess. Man, man, with all that post-grad, that JUCO, the COVID year, I guess you, you were like a grown man when you got to campus, man. 
I guess that's really why you had the kid. You just that was the cherry on top to your grown man Sunday. Now you just need to lose some hair a little bit more, and you got it all covered. <laughs> it's coming more more <laughs> So I got a quick question for you, Alex. Um, yeah, you know, we all know you wear eyewear on the court. Um, I wear glasses. Um, I grew up being blind as hell. Tried playing sports, basketball, soccer as a kid. Um, back in the day, I don't know, the eyewear technology was different. We had those crappy old rec specs. You can't yeah. see a damn thing out of the side and the peripheral. So like <laughs> when I'm driving the lane and trying to, you know, I'm the smallest guy out there trying to set people up and be the point guard. And I'm already right. challenged as it is being as I'm me. Um, I, can't, <laughs> I can't see anything to set my teammates up. Did you ever get right. bothered during the game trying to wear glasses or how did that all come about? Um, so well, when I was in high school, I struggled to see a lot. And um, I like I'd be on the floor and I really struggled to see the score sometimes. And um, everybody like I had uh, I play AAU as well. My AAU coaches just tell me, like, man, you got to get some goggles. You got to get some goggles. And I'm like, I'm not going to be playing in nobody's goggles. <laughs> and um, I think uh, when I went post-grad, the coach there, he kind of really emphasized it. And I think he he, he called my mom. And like told my mom, like, hey, you need you, he need to get some goggles. Like, he can see well enough to play, but if he get the goggles, like, man, he, you know, it'll take his game to a whole nother level. And man, I think I had them the next day. Um, it wasn't even a debate, no phone call. And uh, so at first, when I when I first got them, like you said, it's it's very hard to see out of the side because like the with goggles is like it's kind of like glasses. Like you get the like you don't get the peripheral, so you still see how you would normally see without them. Um, so I had to adjust to that. Um, the main thing that I struggled with after I really got adjusted to wearing them was just like them fogging up. Like they get real foggy. I forgot they, about that. That too. That was such crap. I couldn't see anything. I would rather yeah. see nothing. Yeah. You, you, you be, you know, uh, middle of the game, jogging on court, your glasses, your goggles foggy. Um, and I'm pretty sure if you look back at some of the games from my first couple of years, you'll see me just going in the court, like fanning them out, trying to get the, the fog out so I could see. Um, but that was definitely the biggest thing that I had to adjust to with uh, the goggles. And just actually like being put my pride aside enough to be like, I don't feel like I'm any less of a basketball player or I'm any worse than anybody wearing goggles. So I was just like, man, it is what it is. Not a contact guy. Um, I tried contacts, but I couldn't get used to touching my eye. I'm the same. I'm the same way. I can't do it. Like I've had them in once at the eyeglass. Like they had to like basically hold me down and put them in themselves. Like I was like a little toddler with food trying to put it in my mouth. But yeah, I can't have anybody touching my eye. I just like back up and I eventually said, screw it. I'm not doing this. Um, so that's why I always wear mine. Uh, but following up on that, um, Mm -hmm. I got some face wear question for you. Um, right. I need you to rank the face wear on, you know, on any order that you see fit. We can go with okay. style, um, utility, whatever you want. But uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Horace Grant, Amari Stoudemire, Kurt Rambis, and Bo Outlaw. Um, Who are you going I, number I'm, one? I'm definitely taking Kareem, number one. Uh he, uh, my that was my dad's favorite player um, when I was a kid. So he used to talk to me about Kareem a lot. And as I got old enough to really use Google and figure out who he was, um, I definitely seen the goggles, but it never clicked to me that one day I'd be wearing them. <laughs> um, two, I think. Two, I think. Um, I'm gonna go with Mark Stoudemire, um, okay. just because that's more my that's more my era of basketball. Um, I actually got to see him play um, 
and I actually liked his his tenacity, his athleticism, and just the way that he approached the game. So I think I'll go Amari for three. I mean, for two, and then I'll go Horace Grant for three. Um, okay. I, I'm not very familiar with Horace either. Um, just like Kareem, my dad talked about him a lot. So I'll, tap, I'll definitely take him at three. Um, I'll go Kurt Rambis at four, and then Bo Outlaw at five. Okay. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I would move Horace Grant up. Like, to me, he's always that number one. Like, when I see, you know, wearing the goggles, I'm like, or someone who grew up in the 90s. <laughs> I'm like Horace Grant because they're like those like swimming type goggles. It just like it just like he's that dude. Like our Mar- like Kareem's are more just like basic. They don't stand out as much. Right. Um, but and Kurt Rambis, you know, I I love that. He just looks like a freaking like gym teacher. I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's the it. player. The player makes the glasses. Absolutely, oh, Kurt, that's, Kurt that's, Rambis that's was true. a was mediocre and a nerd. <laughs> Hey, don't 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 diss anybody with eyewear, man. He's probably the coolest person on the court. You don't even know. No, I'm playing. Um, with that all being said, I agree. I think Amari Stoudemire is one of the most underrated players of the last 20 years. He was awesome, man. He has a great highlight tape on YouTube. If that's something you know the listener wants to check out. Um, but anyway, something I was curious about. Uh, you mentioned to me months ago that after your second JUCO season, Kennesaw State was not your only D1 option. I want you to talk to me about how that later recruiting process looked like. You being, I think, 20 or 21 years old, um, and what other looks you did get other than KSU. Um. So. Well, going in, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because I actually I, I really first started getting offers um after my freshman year. And um, you know, just kind of with the way, you know, D1 recruiting and everything goes, it gets kind of political. So towards the end of the year, um, I was really it basketball was kind of real for me at that time. Um, because, you know, those D1 schools that were recruiting me, I was trying to set up visits and, you know, they were pushing my dates back. And I seen guys coming in and committing on the, the dates that they had set up for me and then, you know, everything like that. So I kind of was I kind of was taken aback by that. And then I also was uh, considering leaving uh, Missouri State West Plains at the time. Um, you know, I just, you know, the struggles of, you know, being a freshman at that time and you know, probably being a little immature and not really recognizing the situation. Um, and, uh, you know, just, you know, like I said, just being young. So um, I really just took it upon myself to, you know, that if I'm um, if I'm going to, you know, come back here, you know, I'm going to make the best of it. And, you know, I went through everything and I reached out to, you know, other schools and um, I ended up staying um, because they, they really had the best offer on the table. And it, it kind of made the most sense for me to go back there and, and finish what I started with uh, some of my best friends. And so coming into my, my second year, um, man, it was instant. You know, I, I changed myself and I, I reaped the rewards. I definitely say, um, you know, around Ju- uh, Jamboree time. That's um, if y'all don't know, like Juco's, they play October is mainly Jamboree. So you got like a Jamboree every other weekend. It's you and probably 8, 10, 12, 15 other Ju- Juco teams. It's, it's coaches everywhere in the building. And um, I think we went to the the Mullen Jamboree down in Dallas. And um, I think I, I didn't think that I had a crazy weekend um, during that Jamboree. But um, when we got back on the bus, headed home that Sunday after our game, man, my phone just started blowing up. And, um, man, it was like call after call after call. I probably took like five or six calls that on that bus ride home. 
um, just from different schools, I uh, believe, like uh, Lamar, um, Sam Houston State, Alcorn State. Um, I even re- I had even received a call from Jacksonville State back in that time as well. Um, you dodged and- the bullet there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see. And, um, you know, as the year went on, it, it definitely picked up and progressed. And, um, you know, towards Christmas time, a lot of the schools that were recruiting me at that time, like I was being heavily recruited, not to to my horn or anything, just describing the, the time. And um, I was being heavily recruited before Christmas. And a lot of those schools were kind of, you know, they kind of like to lock in their recruits early. Um, so they all kind of wanted me to commit around, you know, before the break, you know, right before you go into conference. And for me, I, I wasn't really ready to do that. Um, I had, I kind of felt like at the time I had some leverage in the situation. Not that, not that any of those schools needed me per se for anything. It just was that, you know, before I had always been, you know, chasing those, those type of schools. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sending emails. I'm on, um, the roster looking at uh coaches emails numbers sending emails trying to call trying to um you know connect in any way i could so i i kind of wanted to enjoy the whole process and uh some schools fell off the off the bandwagon then and then um in conference you know it was touch and go um you know some schools came uh you know more schools came more schools left and it was just like a repeating process and um then covid happened and um when covid happened everything kind of went black for a moment. And um, I can remember certain schools had called me before Kennesaw during that time because that was kind of, you know, the end of the season. Um, Everybody was kind of trying to figure out where the, um, you know, where COVID was going. And um, it was probably like early March, like mid, early, maybe late March. And um, Coach Persian actually called me um, one night. Um, It was probably like maybe eight. Seven, eight, maybe That's nine. former Kennesaw State coach, uh, Pershing Williams. Yeah. Um, he called me. We were on the phone for about 30 minutes, and, you know, he gave me a quick rundown. You know, he told me, like, my game and um, everything like that. And then he, while we were on the phone, he told me that the head coach, that, who was Amir at the time, he told me that Amir was going to give me a call. He didn't tell me that Amir was going to call literally 10 seconds, maybe less than a minute after he did. And, um, <laughs> you know, Amir ended up calling me. and. Um, we ended up getting on the phone, man, and, you know, throughout the whole process, I felt like, you know, the conversation that we had was a lot more genuine than any of the other uh, coaches I had really had conversations with. He actually, you know, knew my game. Um, he was honest with me. He didn't hide the fact that, you know, the year before they were one in 20, that year they were one in 28. You know, it was his first year. He didn't, you know, he didn't hide any of that from me. Um, but he also let me know what he was trying to do and what he was trying to build at Kennesaw. And so, um, you know, from that day, I just bought in and I believed in him and um, I followed him all the way. But um, I definitely had a range of schools reaching out to me. I um, I used to have a list in my phone. I, I think I deleted it, but it was it was a range of schools that had reached out during my uh, sophomore season at JUCO. And, you know, the process, you know, it it, it with, with recruiting, it's, it's the ugly side of it that you don't see, and it's the bright side of it that, you know, most kids get to see. And I think I was one of those guys that got to see the bright side of it. 
Sure, sure. Um, so, Alex, you've been around the team a fair bit so far since Coach Amir's departure. I saw you were at uh, Coach Petway's press conference, um, and then you've just been around the guys a little bit. Um, from your now more outside perspective, how do you feel about the direction Petway has taken this group in and the overall state as, of the program as you've left it? Um. Uh, yeah, I, I I popped in to the press conference really quick. Um, I just, you know, I congratulated him and I, I really just came to uh see my guys. I hadn't seen um I hadn't seen my guys in a little minute um since the season ended and just wanted to know, uh, you know, just wanted to see their faces. But man, I felt I feel like Petway is a really good guy, man. The 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 few interactions that we've had, man, he he's really genuine. He's really the way he carries himself is 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 respectable. Um and he's a very uh straightforward guy. And I really respect um, what he's about to do um, at Kennesaw. And, um, you know, I, I see you said, like, I've been around, but I haven't really been around the way that I want to, um, to be there, you know, to see the process of certain things and um, just what, you know, the direction, how the guys, you know, seem, how they gelling as a team and everything. But um, I definitely feel like, you know, what he's, I definitely feel like the biggest thing that, uh that we wanted to set forth at Kennesaw State was a standard. And um I feel like Coach Petway is a great guy to come in and uphold that standard. And you know, you know, we set a bar and I think that he he can he he he's definitely got the opportunity to hit that bar and eclipse it and, and take Kennesaw State to an even bigger level um than where we seen it and where we had it. Um not to you know downplay anything that we did. I think that what we did was amazing and historic and was definitely something that Kennesaw State has never seen. And, um, you know, just being optimistic because, you know, I, I beyond, you know, just, you know, the players and the coaches that I was there with, I, I really care about the program because right. um, I poured a lot of, you know, blood, sweat, tears, effort, patience, and everything into the program. And, you know, I think, Seeing where it went this year, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely hope that you know he can, he can definitely uh, keep it up and keep it going. It's great to hear uh, that from somebody who's seen the program in pretty much all stages. Um, so that's really encouraging. Um, so it's very early still in your post collegiate career. In what capacity would you like to stay involved in the game of basketball, whether that be playing, coaching, or just analyzing? Um, it's funny. Uh, I haven't. Uh, relatively, I think it's what October, it's November now. I haven't touched the ball since March. Um, right now, I mean, you know, I, I told a lot of people around me at the time that for me, I needed to uh, decompress from the game a little bit. Um, you know, majority of my life, really, almost all of my life, has just been me and basketball, me and basketball, me and basketball, and you know, the five years uh, or the six years post uh, high school, it was a real time with basketball, and I poured a lot of sincere energy and effort and um I poured a lot of me into the game just to you know get to where I got to in a sense and um so I, I took I fell back from the game I've been away from it um like I said since March but uh as far as getting back to what I want to do with the game I do I would eventually like to coach at some point um I think right now, as you know, like you said, the season nears, I'm definitely going to be back in analyzing mode. I got to, you know, tap in with my guys. And, you know, when I feel like they're doing something that I feel like, you know, they could do better at or, you know, when I see something in them or I see something in the game that they might need to see, I'm I'm definitely going to, you know, hit their line and, you know, let them know, hey, I see this. Hey, you ain't doing this right. Hey, 
It's what you need to be doing. Why are you not playing hard? Or, you know, anything like that. Not that they the type of guys to not play hard, but I would definitely want to get back into coaching at some point. Um, like I said, you know, uh, I want to coach my son at some point. Hopefully he wants to play. I don't really want to force it on him, but I definitely uh, I'll definitely look to coach soon in the next year or two, probably. Right. Well, you've got a lot of time for your son to figure that out. Um, so your uh, your fellow um, OG Spencer Rogers graduated last year and then a few other guys from your group transferred out. But of mm -hmm. the guys who stuck around, who I'm sure you're either still in contact with or knew very well at the time, who would you predict to see the most growth um, out of both as a player and as a person? Um, that's a, that's a great question. Um, definitely a great question. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a be honest and I would say all of them. Um, honestly, I would say, you know, Terrell, Damon, uh, Armani Harris, uh, Quincy Adam McCoy, Simeon Cottle, um, even guys like, you know, Charles Stone, Matt Brown and, and Eric Holland. Um, I think all of those guys will definitely grow and and it'll you it'll be able to be seen on the court this year i think right. um with with what we did last year you know and i know all of those guys and they they real competitors and um i know that you know coach petway's trying to compete as well i'm pretty sure he's he's competitor he's trying to compete as well and i think once you reach that level and you get that taste of you know being in the big dance and you know very, very much being in a position to take that first game, I think all of those guys will definitely grow as players on the court, and that'll definitely be um, something to watch for. I would say watch all of those guys. I think, you know, Terrell Burns is a great leader. Um, needless to say, I think he's also a great player, um, also needless to say. But, you know, same thing goes for DeMond. I think, man, he's a great he's a great uh, player. Man, he plays hard, very physical, you know what I mean? And um, even guys like Simeon, like I think he's going to grow a lot this year. Um, I think, you know, last year, like I like I, I talked about my ups and downs as a freshman, but, you know, just being in the position of being older and seeing a freshman like that, I got I think I, I think I was able to help him sometimes through some of those ups and downs and, um, you know, you know, help it, you know, coming in first year and winning a championship. That ain't normal. So um, even even uh, Quincy, um, you know, I think he, he he very much helped us last year. And um, I'm pretty sure he's going to help his team this year in any way that he, he sees fit. Like, you know, just that he's just a great guy and a great teammate, as all of them are. And then um, even Armani Harris, you know, just being a, a, a great competitor, um, a dog, like a uh, tough, tough, tough player. You know what I mean? And I think that when you look at trying to duplicate what we did last year or just trying to compete at a high level or, you know, going back to back or whatever the goal is for their team this year, man, with a foundation of guys like that, I think, man, you set up for, for great success in, in, in what you're doing. So I, I hope the, I hope, and I know that you'll see some growth in all six and six, nine of them, or I forget exactly how many I've named all of them though, but I'm pretty sure you'll see some growth in all of those guys and, and see them take it to another level. You did forget one. I hope there's uh, no issues between you and Mr. Cole LaRue. <laughs> my guy, Cole LaRue. I definitely forgot about my guy, Cole. Um, and, and even with Cole, even with Cole, man, like Cole's a great guy. Cole's a great player. You know what I mean? I think, you know, he's been able to show you flashes of, you know, what he can do, what he wants to do, what he's capable of. And um, just being in the situation, I think, you know, with, with where they're trying to go, he's going to be a very integral part 
and what he brings to the game is going to be very integral for their team. And, you know, I think, I think Cole is already a great person. So I don't think he's going <laughs> to grow too much um, as far as personal, personal, uh, as far as a person goes. But I think as a player, he'll take another step as in, you know, accepting his, his, embracing his position um, and just, you know, being who the team needs him to be. Um, and I, I, you won't, he's not a guy that's, you know, a bad teammate. You know what I mean? Like if it's, if it's not him and it's the next man up, he's going to support you. And um, I think that this, the, this is the year where you'll, you'll see him take a, another step as well as to, you know, becoming the player that we all know that he is. Gotcha. So I introduced you as this Swiss army knife bench leader <laughs> role type player. And these are all Amir's words, not mine. Um, yeah. But you, when you first got to Kennesaw State, you were a starter. Um, at what point did you begin to feel comfortable in that role? The the Swiss Army Knife role? Yeah. Um, I would say after my first year. Um, you know, um, being being in a program and, um, you know, seeing where everything is trying to go um, and really believing in believing in the, the leader and the leadership and, and believing in the guys around you. I was just in a space of like, man, whatever I got to do for us to win is I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to get it done. And um, I think uh, going into my second year, um, I think that's when, you know, DeMond came. And, um, you know, that's when I was like, you know, I mean, hey, if it's, you know, being a great teammate to him, you know, just letting him feel like, hey, it's not I don't hate you if you're coming in, take my position. Hey, look, we're here to compete. We're here to win. I'm I'm gonna go hard and practice. We're gonna we're gonna get after. We're gonna compete every day, and it's gonna help both of us in the end. So um, just being the Swiss Army knife, I think it's something that I, I I've I've always had. You know, I've always been the type of guy to, you know, sacrifice myself for others. You know what I mean? And you know, there's a lot I could have did, or a lot of I, I like you know everything. And you know, certain people ask like, why didn't you leave? It was just like, man, I I felt that what was going on there was bigger than me. And it was something that I definitely wanted to stick around and be a part of. And whatever role I had to play to to get there, I was willing to do it. I, I hadn't I hadn't really achieved much winning in my my basketball career to up until that up until last year. So man, I just wanted to win at the end of the day. It wasn't about me anymore. I had achieved all the accolades. I had 30 point games. I had a great JUCO career. Um I had a great high school career. Um, but when you get to this level, really none of that matters anymore. So, like, I'm just trying to – it's all about what you can do to impact winning. And that's what I wanted to do, impact winning. Roger that. And that's all we can ask. And we always know we got uh, max effort from you. For um, sure. I got a couple questions. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, not a, I'm not a professional journalist, so I'm going to have to figure out how to phrase this. Uh -huh. uh, how much does it suck trying to guard Mondo in practice? Or how much did it suck? <laughs> <laughs> It was fun, man. It was a ton of fun, man. We had days where, you know, we got after it pretty much every day, but it was days where, you know, it's just like, it's just one of those days where, you know, guys are just, you know, we're going to come in, we're going to compete, but we're going we're gonna to have fun at the same time. And man, me and me and him, we always made sure to compete, but we, we wanted to have fun at the same time. Even, even Cole, you know, um, even compete with him and Cole and practice like, you know, the bond that I shared with those two just in practice and during games was just like, it was amazing during that time. And, bro, we, you know, we, we really made it. We really made practice fun 
you know, we really made practice competitive at the same time. It wasn't like, oh, you know, it's it's Demon today or it's it's Boog today or it's Cole today. You know, it was it was a fun environment. Practice was definitely, you know, if you ever came to see it, it was definitely one of those like, man, we gonna compete, we gonna get after it. I mean, I just personally wouldn't want to stand in the way. I mean, be honest with you, you know, especially for practice, you know, practice. We're talking practice. I'm getting out of the way. I'm not lying, man. Um, he actually has lost a looks like a bunch of weight. So right, right. I'm thinking he's going to play more minutes this year and take that next step. So I hope, I hope he does. I hope he does take that next step, and I'm sure he will. Um, but – I think even even with the weight loss, he's still a dog. He's still like a, a a big guy to handle every day. But you know, I think when you the Swiss Army knife, man, you get it done. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh later in the season, he was pulling up from around and outside the perimeter. I think he had a three point attempt in the uh, Xavier game. <laughs> you think that's something we'll see more of? I'm pretty sure you'll see more of that. Uh, I'm pretty sure you'll see more of that from him. Um, I, I don't know whether he has or not this summer. I'm pretty sure he's definitely worked at it. He worked at it a lot last year um, going into the season, but I'm pretty sure he's definitely worked on his jumper a lot this year. And uh, I'm definitely – I'm, I'm excited to see how much improved it is because I, I'm pretty sure he's going to get some up this year. I'm pretty sure it won't be just – you know, one here or there. <laughs> I mean, I know he wants to. You know, you can kind of tell when watching people play. You know, some people like to just defer at the last minute, never take a shot. Some people just love having the ball. Big men just love having the ball in that last second of the shot clock so they have the excuse to take a shot. And he's one of the ones that will never, you know, turn down that shot. So um, mm-hmm. I, I'm expecting it. He, and he can shoot, too. I think he has the capabilities. I don't think he'll ever be like that 40% guy, but like if you can keep him honest at 30%, take the shot. Yeah, definitely. He definitely has the ability and the touch to shoot the ball from from that uh, that range. Um, I think for him it's just comfortability and, and you know, getting great game reps at it. You know, uh, you know, just shooting in practice and and um, after practice and you know, on your own is, is different from those those real game reps and seeing where, where the shots might come and, and where it'll open up for you. So I think uh, – I think that was the next step was as far as he goes. He he could definitely, I think, shoot maybe mid-30s, mid to low-30s for sure. Did Amir yeah. say anything in that huddle after he uh, put one up against Xavier? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he did not. Uh, so I got a question for you. Um, out of your three years at KSU, who's the best player that you've had to match up with one-on-one? I guess a big man, whether it be offensively, defensively. You know, who's the best one that you can say, like, oh, man, I I, I just never want to do that again? Um, you're talking about, like, as far as opposing teams we play? Yeah, opposing, opposing teams. It could be A-Sun. It could be, you know, high major or anything in between. Um, I don't I don't think that there was one that was um, amazingly that much better than us. I think, you know uh, – I think Colin Castleton definitely had a, a great game against us last year. Um, I wish he had caught me a couple years younger, though, um, for sure. Uh, but you know, uh, he was he was a good one. Um, I think we we got to we got to go against. Um, I think it's Colt Brenner from Creighton. Yeah, I think yeah he he was really good. I think my first year we got to go up against uh, Christian Bishop. I believe his name was also at Creighton. Um, but, uh, at the, honestly, I felt like none of those guys were guys that honestly, if, if I'm thinking about it now, it's a couple guys I want to run into again. Um, honestly, uh, 
legs feeling a little bit better now, but um, a lot there was a lot of good competition that we faced though. That was pretty good. I think you also got to mention um, Asan Asajla from Lipscomb as well. Yeah. He was uh he was definitely one of those guys that you know you knew you had to bring it. Um, but yeah, I feel like that that's probably it. Yeah, Asajla, like he could you know if if his knees lasted, man, if you know he could have really you know gone somewhere, if, you know if he didn't lose that athleticism, uh, he yeah. had a good ceiling. Um, yeah. so I was looking at your bio on KSUowls.com, uh, mm. year to year and year <laughs> one, you were listed as six, seven, two, 17. The next two years you were listed as six, seven, two, 18. Are mm. you surprised they went through all that trouble to add one pound? It's crazy. Um, uh, <laughs> I, and the thing is, I, I think that they were, they might've asked our weights or something at the time. And I think I might have been the reason that they added the pound. I think I might have said 218. I never really knew my weight uh, my first year. But I definitely know uh, going into, like, my second year and even last year, I was around 220. So it's not necessarily accurate, but I do oh, appreciate I know. them. I'm I just messing around them. a little bit. Yeah, I, de I definitely appreciate them making the change, though, for me. Give me yeah, extra pound. Yeah, at least they didn't put you at 6'6", six, six, right? Right, right, right. That would hurt that's, my heart. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what counts. Um where did the uh, name Boogie come from? And please don't tell me DeMarcus Cousins. No, no, not at all. So I really believe I had it first. Um, you can quote me on that as as well, because I had mine since a child. Uh, it's no, I don't have no crazy story as to where it came from. Uh, I always ask my dad, like, man, where did, like, where did my nickname come from? Like, you know, how did we get Boogie? And he was just like, man, I think. Honestly, like it was something that I made up. Like I think I just, you know, I looked at you one day and just called you Boogie. And Were you picking your nose? I don't know. I might have been. I was a kid. I don't know. <laughs> don't hold it against me if I was. Maybe you were dancing. <laughs> might have been. Might have been. I did have the dance moves as as a young one. So there you go. There's the origin story. Um, so now we have all the burn. That's all the burning questions that I have, Kai. Yeah, I just got one more for you, Alex. Mm -hmm. um, so for you personally, what was the single best moment from last year's run? And what is your favorite memory of, uh, as an owl um, from start to finish in your career? Oh, man. Another great question. Um, last year, um, from last year's run, I would say the uh, I would say the best moment for me was the the court the scene of the court after we won the championship. Um, I think for me, because like, I think you can see all of the emotions in everybody. Like if you look at the team, like, I don't know if they were still recording at that time, but if you look at the team, like emotions wherever. I think I was crying. Um, I'm pretty sure like another, like everybody else was excited somewhere. Somebody, some people were in shock, you know? Um, so man, that moment was crazy. Just the confetti, the trophy, um, the stage, the, even the, the buzzer, sounded like I, I i think after the buzzer sounded like man it was just, it was just chaos so i would say that's the that's probably the best moment for me from last year's run i think it kind of culminates everything that we all have been knowing that we could achieve and and just believing in and that was a great moment of just everything coming full circle um my best moment at ksu man there are so many and I don't want to leave a particular one out, but my best moment at KSU, I'm a, I, I would say I'm a, 
I'm gonna take it back a little bit. I think my first year, our first um legit win. Um we had a first our first D1 win against Stetson. Um it, it was it was it was long and hard fought, man. Like we had been, you know, we had been right there in a lot of games, or it was either we'd be right there or man, it was a blowout. We lose by 20 or you know, just going back and back and forth, back and forth, or being in games until maybe like early on in the second half and then losing it and squandering the game away. Or shoot, I think even in the win, I think we almost gave the the first one, I think we almost gave that one away at the end, if I remember correctly. But um I'll say that's one of my best moments. Just that 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 set the foundation for everything. Because even if you, you know, you go back to the videos from that year when we got that win. We were in the locker room throwing water. And after every home win this year, we threw water, you know? So it's like, man, just building on that and just having that be the, the foundation of where we grew to um, and knowing where <laughs> where we were at that moment and where everything went, I think that's definitely my uh, my, my favorite moment at KSU. Right. The uh, throwing water thing must have felt like a full circle moment for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, for sure. Kind of sure. first good moment and last last great moment. So, yeah, um, I'm glad you brought up the scene on the court afterwards. I was lucky enough to be able to be on that court. It was just like it was an incredible blend of emotions. So uh, yeah. that was a good choice. But sure. um, anyways, before we get out of here, um, is there anything you want to say or plug to our listeners? Man, um, just make sure make sure for all the listeners, man, just make sure you all get out and support. Uh, KSU basketball this year and continue to do so. I think um, we had a great support system at a lot of our games last year. Um, once everybody kind of seen what we was doing. Um, but I think like, man, be on it early this year and support the guys and support the program and, and um, really believe in what they got going on. I think they got something special going on out there and over there right now. And um, Go Owls. Who do you? Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl and at Big Owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlBlog.com. And be sure to join the online community of Owl fans at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, go Owls!